Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Randy Mitchell. Jesus said to his disciples, Ye are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt and Light confronts the difficult and often controversial issues that affect today's culture. The only hope for this generation is for more people to follow Jesus Christ and for his followers to be salt and light in their community. Pastor Randy will discuss the Bible solutions to help us know what God says about the problems we face today. Salt and Light is a ministry of Temple Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Here's your host, Pastor Randy Mitchell. Welcome to Salt and Light. It is such a joy and a privilege to be with you here today. We appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate all of our listeners, uh, not only the ones that listen on the radio uh, live Tuesday mornings, but also those who watch us on live stream. Uh, you are a blessing to us. We pray for you, and we certainly always desire that this broadcast will be a help and a blessing to those of you that are believers. And then if, if you're not religious, if you're not uh, a born-again Christian, we certainly uh, just tell you right up front, we want to influence you toward Jesus Christ, because being saved, knowing the Lord, knowing your sins are forgiven, knowing that you're on your way to heaven, what could be better? And so uh, the gospel is um, the word for a good news, and so Salt and Light always is mindful that we want to share the good news of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'd like to start out the broadcast by giving a little plug for one of our ministries at Temple Baptist Church. I haven't said anything for, uh, oh, probably two, three, maybe even four weeks, but we have a Wednesday night program at Temple Baptist Church entitled, uh, it's called Master Club. We've talked about this in time past. This is a children's program for three-year-olds up to sixth graders, and uh, we meet from 7 to 8.30 every Wednesday. You do not have to be part of Temple Baptist Church. We can get you registered, and uh, whether you maybe you attend a church that doesn't have a midweek service or even a midweek uh, program for children, and this is a little bit like Vacation Bible School uh, once a week all throughout the school year. Uh, we have games, we have different challenges, kids can earn badges, and um, all kinds of things that uh, are used for them not only to have fun and uh, make friends, but also to learn the Bible and to learn what it means to serve Jesus Christ. And so uh, if you would like to have some more information about that, you can go on our church website, templebaptistnc.com, and uh, check out our Master Club program, and we'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. Uh, all of our workers uh, have background checks. They've been trained. Uh, we do everything we can to take good care. We don't take it lightly if you entrust your children uh, to our care, and so um, uh, we would invite you to come and be part of that. Well, uh, moving on along with Salt and Light here today, I have a very special guest, first time a guest with us today on Salt and Light. I'm joined by uh, a good friend and good brother, a good church member, one of our faithful men at Temple Baptist Church, Brother Chuck Whittington. Brother Chuck, thank you for being part of Salt and Light. Uh, God worked it out with, I mean, I hate it with your job situation, but uh, you, you didn't have to be at work today, and so you're able to be on Salt and Light, and we are so thankful. How are you today? I am. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I think you know, 
This is the day the Lord hath made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it, regardless of what, what comes our way. Amen. And this is your first time, not only on Salt and Light, I believe first time on the radio. I've been in here before, but it was discussing football 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Were you nervous then? Yes, I was. How are you today? Nervous. <laughs> nervous. Well, you know, it, when it's new, I can remember um, the first time that I was on radio, it was literally dying a thousand deaths. I mean, seriously. And I know I've told this story before, but uh, the Lord uh, giving me a, a weekly radio ministry is almost like, uh, I, th- I don't know if, if God plays jokes on us or what, but the thing that we think that we can't do the most is the exact thing that God says, hey, that's what I'm going to show you that I can do. And of course, that's assuming that I can do this, but uh, I will say this, it's uh, yeah, there's always an awesome sense of responsibility when I come on the radio, but I also have learned, and I'll pass this on to you, that God blesses and God helps. And just like with Moses, Moses was concerned, Lord, I, I'm not eloquent. I don't know how to speak well. And the Lord told Moses, say, who made your mouth? And so, Brother Chuck, I can assure you that God made your mouth. God made you who you are. You already know that, but you can just rest assured that what we talk about here today is going to be a blessing. Uh, it's going to be a blessing to me. I know that. And it's going to be a blessing to our listeners as well. And more importantly, I believe that uh, we're going to honor our desire is to honor and glorify the Lord yes. Jesus Christ. So uh, hopefully we can put a smile on his face if we don't put a smile on anybody right. else's right. face. Well, uh, anyhow, we have a few minutes left here in this first segment. And so I'd like to get started here. The first thing that I would like to uh, ask you about, we've been having a lot of salvation testimonies here lately. Um, I mean, different preachers, Brother Jason Boger, Brother John Whalen. Uh, we've had various people come in and share their salvation testimonies. I want you to be able to do that here today. And so uh, uh, get started with the story here, the last few minutes here of this first segment, and uh, start telling our listeners a little bit about who you are and uh, what the Lord has done in your life. Well, I'm not from around here. I was born and raised in Illinois. You know, we won't hold that against right. you because neither am I. Well, but I've been here longer, so. <laughs> That's true. You've been here longer than me. Yeah. But... Uh, when I, when I was growing up, I, there was no godly influence in my life. My, my parents divorced when I was three years old. I was, I was stuck in that constant custody battle for most of my life. Um, ended up, my mother got custody, sole custody of, of all three of her, her children. And um, she, she was what you would describe as the woman at the well. She mm-hmm. literally had five husbands and many many men in and out during during our lifetime. Mm-hmm. We moved. You talked often about you moving around a lot. I think I could beat your brother. Really? Wow. I, you know, I went to 12 different schools all through kindergarten to, to, to high, through high school, 12th grade, and only by, I think, God's grace was I in high school for, for four years, and uh, the same high school for four years. But tried to count on the different houses that we lived in during that time. I got up to 28 and lost count at, at one point. I can so relate to all of and, this. I went to three different high schools in four years, well, though. Well, that, that you beat me on. Uh, yeah. um, but, but, but hey, we're fine, right? Well, absolutely. <laughs> sort of? At least we think. Yeah. But uh, my there, there was no godly influence in my life. The only good things that came in my life for the first you know, first half of my year was 
being able to spend time with my, fa uh, my father and my stepmother on vacations and holidays and stuff like that. So um, I had a lady, one of my, one of my uh, mother's boyfriends at the time, tried to pick me up and take me to church when I was about seven, eight years old. Mm -hmm. I'd go on and off, and to be honest with you, the only reason I really went was a little red-headed girl in one of the churches that I really had a crush on, mm -hmm. and when she didn't show much interest in me, I just quit going, uh, and, up through, and up all through that time, there was really no godly influence in my life until after I got married. Uh, at the age of 19, we had our first child, and then my wife and I moved off to Oklahoma, and that's where God really started to work in my life. Mm-hmm. So uh, from Illinois to Oklahoma, um, and God's working in your life, but uh, came from a very um, kind of a difficult background as far as what you would call a typical, not a Christian environment growing up. Not at all. I'm seeing so many common denominators among the testimonies that we have on here. So many people think that a Christian is somebody that just has this perfect home and perfect upbringing. But uh, folks, most people that are born again came from very, very rough backgrounds. Thank God that God is in the saving business. We'll talk more about this after the... Welcome back to Salt and Light. I am joined by a good friend, good faithful member of Temple Baptist Church, Brother Chuck Whittington. And uh, in the previous segment, he began to tell his salvation testimony, uh, how that uh, his upbringing moved around a lot, a broken home, not much of a church or a religious influence in his life, uh, got married, uh, moved from Illinois to Oklahoma with his wife. And so that's where we're at in this story, Brother Chuck. So I'm going to let you uh, pick up where we left off and continue this story of how the Lord brought you to him. Well, as I, as I told you all ago, in Illinois, one of my mother's boyfriend's mom tried tried desperately to get me into church. I, I wasn't having anything to do with it. But once we got to Oklahoma, I, I kind of felt like I was, I got trapped. I got trapped in a situation. It, 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 my wife started getting involved in one of the churches uh, in the area. They came by and knocked on the door and asked about, you know, doing a Bible study. And she became a, a, a little member of that little Bible study group there. And I think she actually got saved about that time before I did. She probably wasn't sure of it, so she made a recommitment later on in mm -hmm. her life. But uh at that point, then she tried to get the folks from that church to come and visit me, and I, I was a, I was a bit of a stinker. I didn't want them coming over. I was I was happy with where I was at in life. I was just doing my own thing. Just leave me alone. Leave me alone. And then I went to work at a, at a factory in Oklahoma, and at, at that point in time, I walked right into three men who had a burden for my soul. Wow. And three men on the same shift. They weren't all on the same page Bible-wise, but they all had the interest of my soul in, 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 on their hearts. Mm -hmm. And they, 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 they gave it to me full bore. I, and, but the thing of it is, I found it interesting. I started listening. I started putting two and two together, realizing that uh, I may not be uh, ready to accept Christ as my Savior, but I knew that he was working in my life. I knew that 
just the fact that the, there were four men there who were interested in my soul made me think to myself, you know, maybe, maybe I'm important to God. So, sounds like maybe you started to recognize that, hey, maybe I'm not okay. <clears throat> right, and, right. And that's, where, that's a problem we see all around us, Brother Chuck, uh, here in uh, this day and age uh, in our culture. We live in the Bible Belt here, but this is a problem nationwide, worldwide. So many people today, they just think, well, I'm okay. I don't need God. When we go out trying to, just like these three men at, on your shift at work that are witnessing to you, they're trying to reach you for Jesus Christ. They're trying to share the gospel with you. They got a burden for you, but you, I'm sure that you kind of resisted. You weren't sure what to think of them at first. We deal with this everywhere we go. Uh, you hand somebody a gospel track or you knock on the door. And a lot of times people nowadays, they don't, they just say no to everything. They don't want to be bothered, right. you know, because they don't know if you're <clears throat> if you're a Jehovah's Witness or if you're a fundamentalist Christian or if you're a vacuum cleaner salesman or a politician. You know, they just people are so inundated because of technology. We have social media. People get twittered and tweeted and and blogged and posted and just all these different things, phone calls, spam, you name it. And people are just at this point where, hey, I'm OK or at least I feel like I'm okay, so I don't want to be bothered by anybody, especially somebody that's going to God bother me. And the problem is, is our cultures, the devil's worked that out to where it's created this this wall of separation to where uh, there are people out there, and I believe that we're those people, that we have the truth. We have the, the true gospel of Jesus Christ that can truly change life, not make somebody religious, not make them a proselyte or like us, but to truly get born again and to become a new creature, to know God and to have a personal relationship with him, not through a church, but through the Bible, through the Holy Spirit. It's real. Yes. It's powerful. We have that, but so many people today, just they just block that out. I don't even want anything to do with it. Sounds to me like you were that person but because God sent three faithful messengers, they they started chipping away at your resolve, and you started maybe recognizing that, hey, I'm not okay. Well, three three minute work, so eight plus hours a day, <laughs> yeah. five six days a week, telling me that I need to get saved and, and get into church. I had a wife at home who started faithfully going to this this <laughs> this other church, and she's trying to get me to go to church on Sunday mornings, and then she had it just. God was piling on. <laughs> well, and she'd bring two deacons home <laughs> to try to talk me into in, into you going didn't to have church. A I, I did not. I did not. But I, I I did concede. I started going to church, um, not, not faithfully, just from time to time. But slowly but surely, as as things as God would work it out, we started renting a house off of one of those gentlemen that I was working with. He was a, actually a Baptist minister. Okay. So we moved into his place, and all this time, I know God's talking to me. God's trying to get my attention. And then just one day, I, I, I come home from work. I was working, uh, I think at that time, third shift, and I, I came home from work. Colleen leaves with the kids to take them to her mother's house to babysit so she can go off to work. And then I get a phone call an hour or two later saying she'd been in a bad accident. Oh. So in Tulsa, where we were living at the time, I'm weaving in and out of traffic trying to get to where they're at. 
and uh, praise the Lord, they were they were fine. Couple of couple of minor injuries totaled our car. First car we ever bought and paid off, and they got totaled in all of this. And and I'm thinking to myself all through the rest of that day, God, you're trying to tell me something. You're trying to tell me something. And later that day, after I, I got home, you know, Colleen was treated and released from the hospital. The boys were okay. I went home, I went to bed, and before I went to bed, I said, Lord, I know you're trying to tell me something. I gave my life to Christ that day. Praise the Lord. So it's not been a, it's not been a, a life that I'm proud to say I was with God all the way, but I do know this, God was with me all the way. So, so you, you, you got saved <clears throat> laying there in your bed before you went to sleep mm-hmm. at night. So, so many people think that you have to be in church. You have to... Yeah go through some religious ritual but folks the fact of the matter is the gospel is a message and that message is a true story about what Jesus did on the cross and when the Holy Spirit works in our heart you know Jesus said this clearly he said that uh, if he be lifted up from the earth that's talking about him hanging on the cross of Calvary he said if I be lifted up from the earth I will draw all men unto me and so the Holy Spirit is working in uh, humanity, in, in every soul, and he uses preachers of the gospel, church. You know, the importance of church is not because it's a religious organization, but because you go in and you hear the man of God open up the Bible and preach the truth, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so a person can get saved anywhere. It doesn't matter right. where you are. It doesn't have to be in church. And some people are little bit confused by that and I would tell all of our listeners that if you know the gospel message that Christ died for your sins he was buried he rose again the third day if you know that and you've come to the realization that I'm lost I'm a sinner and I need that it doesn't matter where you're at the Bible says in Romans chapter number 10 and verse number uh, 13 it says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and so you just have to call upon him and ask him to save you. It's no canned, eloquent prayer. It just has to come from the heart. And it sounds to me like right there, it's what came from your heart. It wasn't where you were at. It wasn't the words that you said. It's what you were doing from the heart, receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So I'm sure that that's not where the story ends. No, that's not where the story ends. Um, we got... We got involved in the church right away, and you know the story. Uh, story you know, went and went and work them. Uh, that was me, and got really no substantial training or anything. But they said right away after I got saved, here's a Sunday school class, take it. And I did. And uh, as, as the Lord would have it, He moved us out here to North Carolina. And and, and while we were here in North Carolina, uh, we began a an extensive extensive. Uh, search for church we mm-hmm. were looking for somebody that stood upon the word of god now, was it your job that brought you out here it, or it was a job opening okay yes i, I had a job I had a job that um <clears throat> in the machining business i just mm-hmm. answered an ad in a magazine okay and they brought me out here interviewed me they interviewed me right before hugo came through okay and then uh, they did they waited until after hugo came through and all the cleanup and everything and they hired me about six months after that and flew me out here and, and brought family out here okay and so it, it, it was it was interesting and we came with it we came with an address we came with an address of a church a bible believing church we tried 
several Sundays to find it located. Obviously, it was a bad phone number as well, so we were never able to hook up with the church. So we just started in the area taking a look at the different churches here. A few more options probably than Tulsa, Oklahoma, as far as, well, certainly independent Baptist okay. churches. Yeah. Well, the one we were part of, we were, we were kind of moonlighting in, in Tulsa. We were going Sunday mornings at the, at the Baptist church uh, that I profess Christ in. And, okay. But at the same time, one of those gentlemen that I was working with at the, at the shop there, uh, he was an independent fundamental Baptist, and he was really showing me things, you know, between the, you know, the different versions of the Bible. And what he was showing me was far and away different from what I was getting at, at the other church. Mm-hmm. So we came looking for an independent Baptist church when we came here. So he's talking to you about these things, and you're seeing that and recognizing the truth in that. And I think that's what most people don't realize, that you can look at the Bible, you can study it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you don't have, it's not a sales pitch. It's not anything that's complicated, manipulative or anything. If you study the Bible for yourself, then there's a lot of things that God wants us to believe that it's just crystal clear as long as we are making the Bible and not a religious organization our final authority. I've said this many, many times. You can take a hundred people that are all Christians from different backgrounds, and if they all start reading the Bible, and the Bible is their authority, they're going to draw amazingly 90% plus common denominators. You're going to have unity, but the problem in religion is that more often than not, people aren't using the Bible as their final source of authority. And so I think that's a great story how that you got saved, you started seeing the truth, God brought you here to uh, Statesville looking for a church. We're going to talk more about that church search right after the break. I know a little bit about this story, and so it's an interesting story, folks. You'll want to stay tuned. All right, Randy Mitchell and Chuck Whittington here on Salt and Light. Thank you for staying tuned. Uh, The previous two segments, we've been interviewing Brother Chuck Whittington on his testimony, how he came to know Jesus Christ as his Savior. Uh, we're going to finish this up here, Not, I wouldn't say quickly, but uh, certainly uh, we want to get into a few other things here for the remainder of the broadcast. But you, after before the break, you were talking about uh, how that God brought you to Statesville from Tulsa, Oklahoma. You had been uh, kind of uh, affiliated with a denominational Baptist church and an independent Baptist church there in Tulsa. You came here, uh, you had started seeing some things about like the Bible issue and some various things from the Word of God. And so you're searching for a church, and if I understand correctly, you're searching for a church that's a little bit more of that, uh, uh, what do we call them, I, independent fund, IFB, Independent Fundamental Baptist. Right. Of course, you got to be careful with labels these days, folks, because not everybody under the same label is the same. Right. But uh, that's the type of Christianity that you are searching for as you're looking for a church after you've moved to Statesville. So let's, let's carry on with this story. Well, like I said, I, w- I was given a name and a number and an address for a church. I think it was in the Concord area. It may have been Kannapolis at the time. We made several attempts to try to find it, call them, locate them, and all this other stuff. But somebody must have transposed a number or something, but it just wasn't what God had for us at the time. So 
we began looking here in the Statesville area. We went to a couple of different churches uh, during that time. Uh, we went to went to one. The, the preaching was fabulous, absolutely wonderful. You know what I was looking for at the time. You know the hell fire damnation fire and brimstone preaching. But I, there were just no, some, no. no. <laughs> Listen, we, we've got what, what could be worse. I, I know, right? <laughs> Say but, that facetiously. But uh, you know, God, God is a holy God, and we're gonna, you know, the people have got to know the message, yeah. and the message is God is holy, and He can't look upon our sin, and that's what I was looking for—somebody mm-hmm. that would just tell the truth from the Bible, and. Uh, I said that the preaching was great. Um, I, I loved it. My wife loved it. There were a couple of other issues that uh, uh, I that we decided that it, that church wasn't for us. And so we went to another one. Uh, and, well, before that, one of the deacons came over for a visit, and uh, he was talking to me about it. And he said, well, what would you think of the preaching? I said, man, that was, that was awesome. Uh, I said, he brought it. He said, yeah. He says, we're trying to get him to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> So I, I knew right then and there that, uh, you know, that wasn't the place for yeah. us. The man of God should have liberty to preach what God puts on his heart. Yeah. And without without a crew telling him what to preach and what not to preach. Yeah. You're, you're liking it, and he's a little embarrassed <laughs> yeah, by it. Yes. Yeah. So we ended up in another church here in town, and uh, we, we went two weeks to that one, and it wasn't what I was looking for. It was, you know. My, my opinion was kind of dull and uninteresting. So they come to visit me. The, actually, the preacher came to visit me after our second visit. And I was just talking to him about it. And, and he, he asked me, so what are you looking for? And I told him, I said, I'm looking for a church where the preacher stands up there and preaches the word unapologetically straight from my opinion. The King James Bible is God's holy word. And that just has a burden for the people. And I gave a couple of other things. I can't remember all that. And he looks me straight in the eye and he says, I've got the church for you. He said, I want you to you go visit uh, Brother Lonnie Wilson at Temple Baptist <laughs> Church. And he gave me, gave me his address. We went and we have been there ever since, 30, 33 years. Amen. You had uh, been, you'd been at Temple for uh, 17, 18 years, even before uh, I came to be the pastor. Yes. I, that's just an amazing story that a pastor visits, you tell them what you're looking for, and they they promote another church. Another church. Hey, I, I, I appreciate that. At least the man's being honest yes. and not being a salesman. I, I, that's, I would certainly be that way if somebody came to, uh, if I visited someone that had visited our church and they were, you know, spelling out something that they're looking for that we're not and we're not planning on becoming, I would certainly try to direct them to the best of the other options right. that are out there. But that's an amazing story. And I know, Brother Chuck, you have, the 15 years that I've been here at Temple, you have been um, one of the guys that, uh, in all honesty, every what I know about you is that uh, every pastor would love to have about 20 or 30 of you uh, just like you in their church. You've been faithful you serve, you just do whatever you can to be a blessing. Uh, what you do, you are dependable and diligent in all of that. And, um, you know, we, we've had some times where you have been easy to pastor. Uh, we've had times where uh, you and I have had to talk and you've always, uh, you've always demonstrated that 
you have a tender conscience and that you want to follow God. And uh, that's been a blessing. And over the years, uh, you have just my respect for you just has continued to grow. And uh, I, I appreciate that greatly. And uh, hopefully the Lord will give us many, many more years of serving together. Uh, that's certainly my heart's desire. Right now you're uh, helping out at Temple in uh, a number of different ways. Uh, let me let you tell about some of the ministries that you're involved in right now. I'm currently involved in the detention center ministry up in Taylorsville, the juvenile detention center. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of us from the church, uh, every second and third Wednesday, Lord willing, that uh, we're able to go up there. Um, they've been it's an amazing ministry and it's amazing to me on my part because I can't, I very easily should have been where they're sitting. Mm-hmm. The way I was brought up, well, I actually wasn't brought up. I brought myself up uh, other than the times that I spent with my dad and my stepmom, I was free to do whatever I want. And I did a, a lot of whatever I wanted to Probably do. The difference is, is they got caught and you didn't get caught. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so you and WB Sharp and Terry TV Paw, I know uh, back before he passed away a couple of years ago, brother Robert, brother Buchanan, Robert. what a blessing he was. We miss him dearly, but uh, he was part of that team that would go in and preach the word of God to those, um, young people that are going through a tough time in life. It's a great ministry. Right. He, he was my partner. Yeah. I desperately mm. miss him. He was, he was a, he and I would go on one wing and WB and brother, brother, it was brother Irwin Sarazen at the time would yeah. go off on I the other that. side. And, yeah. and, uh, it, it was just a burden. I just wish I could do a better job for them and for the Lord while I'm there. Well, yeah. anything we do for God, we yeah. always feel that way. You're also involved in some other ministries uh, at Temple. Uh, uh, you, you placed me head over security. So mm-hmm. we're, we've got the security thing going on. Which uh, is a ministry, it, by it, the it, way, it, especially it, this day and age. Absolutely. Um, I, and, and I think it was a ministry to just to do anything that you ask me to do to the best of my ability. Well, I know you're always willing to and and uh, passionate about preaching to our children. Uh, I know you've helped me out with some kids' mm-hmm. lessons, preaching in vacation Bible school, mm-hmm. filling in just whenever mm-hmm. there is a need, and uh, that is greatly, greatly appreciated. And, and yeah. Children's Church before COVID, yeah, there was a, a lot. And I, I'm... I know what being idle does to a person. I know it from personal experience. I know it from just reading in the in the Bible the accounts of David and and his great sin with Bathsheba, Bathsheba and Uriah the Hittite. It was idleness that that that, that caused that. He should have been elsewhere. It wasn't out in the to. battle where he that's should have right. been. Amen. That's that's a very wise um, <clears throat> wise um, understanding of that text, and I appreciate that. Well, um, Brother Chuck, this past Saturday morning, uh, we have a men's prayer breakfast, uh, not only us, but there are some local churches here in the area. I know a couple of weeks ago, we had Pastor Jason Boger over at Northmont. Uh, they hosted our men's prayer breakfast. Uh, got Northmont and uh, Eastside Baptist and uh, Southview uh, Baptist. Um, uh, we've invited a bunch of other uh, churches as well. Some people 
come in and are part of that. And I, I don't want to leave any, anybody out, but uh, we do this the first Saturday of every month. We have a breakfast and then we have a little uh, preaching and then we have some prayer. And uh, that has grown in the last five or six months. We've been having between 30 and 40 men from various churches, four or five different churches represented. We've been having a great time. This past Saturday, you brought a message when we were over at Northmont and it was a great message. And I wanna talk about the remaining time that we have here. I wanna talk about this message. And the title of it, folks, that uh, Brother Chuck brought was, What Manner of Persons Ought Ye to Be? I'm going to read the text, and then I'm going to let you uh, give us the first point, Brother Chuck. Uh, his text was from uh, the book of Second Peter, chapter number 3, and verse number 9. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. And then verse number 11, where the message comes from, says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be, in all holy conversation and godliness. In other words, as you said, Brother Chuck, the Lord's coming back. He's coming back soon. We see it. We sense it. We believe it. Because of that, we're not supposed to build bunkers and start storing a bunch of food and prepare for bad times, you know, buy all the bread out of the store. (laughs) Like on a snow day, uh, we're supposed to consider what manner of persons that we ought to be. And the manner of persons that we ought to be is right there in the text, all holy conversation and godliness. And I remember sitting there listening to you preach that message as a pastor and you being a faithful man in our church saying, I'm so proud of Brother Chuck and the, the content and the depth of thought that you brought to the men this past Saturday. And so what was your first point on that message? Well, my first point on that is we should be God-fearing persons. You know, the, the fear of the God is a couple of different meetings in, in the scriptures. Uh, you know, you know, first off, you know, I, I kind of gave a, the, the story of my waiting for my dad to get home from work after he'd given me some chores to do because we were remodeling and stuff like that. And how my fear of him coming home and him not finding me faithful in doing what I was supposed to be doing for that day. And how I feared that if I didn't get it done, that I would have a whooping coming, if it, you know, or, or something worse, that that uh, that that would that would happen to me. But it was also, you know, it also means reverence and awe and worship that we have for the Lord, and that those those are the things that just because Christ is coming and coming again, we should not give up. Yeah. on being God-fearing people. You, you mentioned Saturday that your dad was the kind of guy that what he said he meant. Yes. If you didn't get it done, there were going to be consequences. Yes. And folks, that's important because that's the way that God is. Uh, we'll say more after. Welcome back. We started the end of the previous segment going over a message that Brother Chuck Whittington brought to our men's prayer breakfast this past Saturday. And uh, the title of the the message is, What Manner of Persons Ought Ye to Be? And the text comes from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. 
uh, first point was we're to be God-fearing persons. And uh, Brother Chuck, there is a lack and a loss of the fear of God in our culture today. Men don't fear God like they ought to. I have to say that um, my profession, if you want to call my calling a profession, people who are preachers, um, I think I can speak for, um, for the vocation in general. We are greatly at fault. Now, I don't want to personally be at fault for that. I want to be faithful to the Word of God, but as a general rule, preachers are not preaching the whole counsel of God. And we've got a Bible here that people don't like that hellfire and damnation preaching, but the fact of the matter is hell is a very real truth. And it doesn't, we're not helping people if we hold back the truth that they don't want to hear. Uh, we become man-pleasers, and pulpits in America are filled with man-pleasers that I call them cherry-pickers. You know, some of the very popular, nationally known, uh, mega-church-type preachers that uh, just basically they've turned the preaching of the Word of God into motivational speaking, and they tell people what they want to hear. It's all about having a good feeling, but they literally leave out upwards of 80% of God's holy word. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they're not preaching the whole counsel of God. We've lost the fear of God. Our entire nation, every day practically, I read a news article that's true. And I just think, wow, how can this be going on in this great nation? How can wickedness and evil and selfishness and debauchery, how can it be so bad? Well, the problem is there's nothing out there of any substance that can hold that back because the truth of God's word is holy. And if we don't get the truth, then there's nothing that's going to hold it back. And we're seeing it all around us. Mm -hmm. There is a loss of the fear of God in our culture. We need to get it back. Or as we say, as a nation, we're toast. And I'm afraid, Brother Chuck, that it's just, it's almost too late. I don't want to be, I have faith. I have hope. I'm going to keep plowing I'm going to keep laboring. I'm going to keep preaching, uh, hopefully by the grace of God, till I breathe my last breath. I want to be faithful to the whole Bible. But I know that it's just not common out there, and we're hurting as a nation. Well, what most of these men of God and, and, and the people in the churches don't understand, or maybe they've forgotten along the way, is they will be held accountable. And that in and of itself, uh, that should put the fear of God. I think many will be held accountable, but I'm going to be, some people may take issue with me saying this, the pulpits in America are filled with people that have never been born again. They're lost. They're they're not talking about hell and sin because they're, in their heart, they may be, you know, pretending or be saying all of the things that show that they're religious and on God's side, but in their works and in their life, they, they're deceived. Right. And I think that, sadly, hell's going to be filled with a lot of these preachers that the reason they don't have the integrity and fortitude to uh, endure criticism and because they're there for themselves, they're not there for Jesus Christ. And sadly, they're going to find out that the truths that they neglected are the truths mm-hmm. that they needed themselves the most. Right. And so bottom line, we need to get back to fearing God. Now, your second point was uh, was what? Uh, we need to be pure persons, uh, purity. 
I used my ref, my reference for that was First John three verses one to three. The Bible says, "Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God." Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And here's where I got this, verse number three. And every man that hath this hope in, hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Purity, purity these days of... It's a byword. It's gone by the wayside. Um, you know, I take a look at my life, uh, the middle life years of my life as a Christian. I turned, I turned away from some of the things of God. I got pure. I got tangled back up in the things of the world. And the Bible is very clear. We should separate ourselves from the things of the world, and we should present ourselves, you know, pure and holy before God because He is holy. And it just, you know, Bible talks about there shall be a great falling away in the end of times, and I think we're seeing that we are flat dab in the middle of it. That, uh, as you just mentioned, the pulpits aren't preaching the full counsel of God. Uh, Christians are doing what's right in their own eyes, and. It's like we've forgotten that Jesus Christ is coming and he's coming back soon. And that when he comes back, we're gonna, some of us are going to be ashamed of what we're, gonna be, what we're doing when he does come back. Oh, yeah. I think most people sadly think that salvation is just getting my ticket to heaven mm-hmm. and my escape from hell. And once I accept Christ, then that's it. I can do whatever I want. It's no big deal. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. But the the fact of the matter is is getting saved is a transformation of our life and having that hope should motivate us to be pure i'm going to see my savior someday right. the one he died for my sins he suffered on the cross of calvary not for his mistakes he did it for my mistakes and what a what a, a truckload of ingratitude that we have when we're not willing or interested in purifying ourselves, letting him work in our life. And we just, we think that sin's no big deal. We just think, ah, you know, everybody's a sinner. True, everybody is a sinner. But the born-again child of God, we we believe we're going to see Jesus face-to-face someday. And when we get around God, all of a sudden the things, all of that impurity, all of that filthiness, you start recognizing it. You know, you can go work around a bunch of people in a work environment. If everybody's filthy, you don't really notice it. But you get around people that are clean, all of a sudden now you feel, you know, you, you're aware of your own stench. You're aware of your own filth. How many times did people in the Bible, they were fine with where they were until they got around Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden now their conscience was, you know, Adam thought that his fig leaves did a pretty good job covering himself until God shows up, and so he hides because he was naked. That's the way most people live their lives. They don't have any shame of their sin because they're not really, God's not present in their life. And when we get God in our life, then it motivates us toward purity. And this is a very impure world. Now, I want to say this before, I think we've got time for another point or two, but perhaps you're listening and you've got impurity. Maybe you've got sin in your life. You're saved. You know you need to deal with that. 
I want to remind you that you can be made pure in your relationship. First John 1 9, same book of the Bible that you quoted, says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I, like you, had times in my life where I drifted back into that old life and uh, I had to get right with the Lord. I was already saved, but I wasn't walking with the Lord. I was walking with impurity in my life, and I had to get right with God. Thank God that uh, he will receive us back, and we have the availability to be purified when our walk with him uh, becomes dirty. Now, the third point, um, Brother Chuck, is the one that, uh, oh, everybody loves talking about this one. Yeah. What manner of persons ought we to be? What's point number three? We ought to be patient persons. Well, everybody loves talking <laughs> about patience. Now, James 5, 7 tells us, Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. You know, that, that word patience means watching and waiting calmly. Perseverance. And um, I don't know about you, uh, patience is not one of my strongest virtues. Have, we, have you ever <laughs> met somebody that would say it was? Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody loves patience. No, but we do have those saints out there that you can just look at them and see that there's some sort of peace on their face. You know, they might be roiling inside and, 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 and having issues, but just that a look of serenity on their faces they're going through and facing those trials with patience. Uh, my hat's off to him. I have a message that I preached <clears throat> entitled, Everything You Wanted to Know About Patience But Were Afraid to Ask. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like to waste. And it's just getting worse and worse because our culture that we live in, everything is so readily available. And it's just very difficult. Well, last point, uh, point number four. This is the one that I want to leave our folks with. Uh, what person, what manner of persons ought we to be, Brother Chuck? We ought to be faithful persons, Pastor. Amen. First Corinthians 4, 2. Moreover, is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. You know, you, this, this is meant for every born-again believer, being a steward. If you're a Christian, you've professed the name of Christ as your Savior. You're a steward of everything that he's given you. And we should be faithful in how we handle those things. Thank God he is faithful. Amen. And because he is faithful, we can be faithful as well. God's not looking for flamboyance. God's not interested in all of your talents and abilities. He just wants you and I to be faithful to him. So folks, stick with God. If you're not saved, get saved. If you're not right with God, get right with God. Brother Chuck, it's been a joy to have you on Salt and Light. God bless pleasure. you. Thank you. We appreciate you taking the time to join us at Salt and Light. It is our desire that you experience the joy of following Jesus Christ. He loves you and he died on the cross for your sins. He will give you hope, peace, and eternal life if you will repent of your sins and trust him as your savior. You may see yourself as a good person, but you will never be good enough to deserve heaven. You may see yourself as bad, but you can never be too bad for Jesus to forgive you. You can call upon him to save you this very moment. If you are a born-again Christian, we want to encourage you to obey Christ's command and be salt and light to those around you. We encourage you to find a Bible-believing church that does not compromise or water down the Bible. Get involved serving the Lord. 
If you have a Bible question or a particular issue you would like us to discuss on Salt and Light, visit our website at templebaptistnc.com. Click on the Salt and Light link. Once again, that's templebaptistnc.com. May the Lord bless you. We hope you'll join us again next week.